1: Hey, hey, my Eagle enthusiasts, this is Fairway and presented by FanDuel. Elevated events, majors, and more are coming up, and FanDuel is here to help you line up a win during the PGA Tour season. Check out live PGA Tour bets, like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better And more, plus track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG.
2: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
1: friends and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other oh yes my friend yes we have done it the first full field event to discuss here on fairway rolling golf podcast on the regular podcast network i am your starter Joe Haas, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals. We are hitting it and sticking it. It's a three ball today. Nate and I continue to do our hard work. Nathan Hubbard, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, joined by our old pal Jason Sobel from the Action Network and the Sirius XM PGA Tour radio channel. So much to discuss. We're only a couple weeks into 2023. And big stuff is happening. We need to set the stage with one of our premier stage setters. First tee is wide open. Three pegs going in the ground. We're not going to all hit it once. Uh, And I'm going to be the short knocker, but that's just the story of my life. Let's get it on, fellas. All right, Birdie Buddies. As promised, we are setting the stage here for the 2023 calendar season you know the golf season started back in september or october whatever but it's a new calendar year new beginnings are in front of us we have one of our favorite setters of the stage along for the ride as promised jason sobel from the action network and from the series xm pga tour channel what's up sobes
0: Boys, it's been way too long. It's good to be back on with you. I'm not a fan of saying happy new year after like three days. So I'm just Agree. not gonna say it. Uh, okay. I mean look, no one no one wishes anyone a bad new year. No one's like, you know, I, I hope your new year sucks. So you have to say Happy New Year to like everyone wants everyone else to have a Happy New Year. We get it. So I'm not going to say. I'm just going to say, great to be back with you, dudes.
3: Somebody it, wished Morikawa a yeah. shitty New Year. <laughs> no, he's
1: he. It's a new
3: year and he should be happy. Let's
1: jump right in. Let's overreact, overreact or underreact. The first tournament of the season was the Century. Nate and I. Talked about it. One of us liked John Rom quite a bit last week. I think we both did. I mean, it's not really, it wasn't a, exactly a stretch to say, oh, yeah, John Rom, who's never had anything worse than like an eighth at this venue, uh, mm-hmm. might go win the mother effer. But uh, glass half full, glass half empty sobs on Colin Morikawa.
0: I am sort of half empty right now because mm. of the way he lost that golf tournament. Look, this is not. I don't mean for this to be an overreaction. I don't mean to extrapolate. Hey, he had a few bad holes, made a few bogeys down the stretch, all of a sudden lost the golf tournament. He's never going to win again. No, I'm not saying that, but it's the way that this happened. And the way it happened was not with a driver. I'd be okay with Colin Morikawa stands on a tee box, loses a driver way right. He goes, okay, well, I just hit it into the wilderness somewhere and I made a double bogey and I lost the golf tournament. Mito Pereira-ish. From the pga championship last year the way colin morikawa lost this tournament was he bladed a shot out of a bunker he chunked a wedge on the next hole that's going to be in your head now colin morikawa is one of the elite ball strikers in the world there's a very good chance that the next time he gets himself into contention in a situation like th- like this that he just hits all his irons on the green it doesn't have to worry about how he hits his wedge shots around the greens that said, if he doesn't hit all of his greens, this is going to be lingering in his head, and I think it's a lot harder, guys, to come back from hitting poor wedge shots around the greens than, like I said, spraying a driver all over the place.
3: Yeah, I mean, guess he's not Victor Hovland yet. I don't think. Yeah, I, and, yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of courses where you could actually lose a seven-shot at one moment in time lead this is one of them right i mean rom had to shoot 10 under to beat him by 2 i i'm a little more glass half full because man it is hard to make the kinds of changes and the fixes and integrate new people into your team right so i mean it is hard to do that in a relatively short period of time last year was a year of dormancy for this guy we just know what a killer he is i mean I, we were at harding park i mean he he is a killer And I think if, if the tournament had ended on Saturday, we would have said, this is terrifying. Colin Morikawa, you know, happy learned how to putt. Right. And that's been his sort of his, his massive Achilles heel. The chunk that he had, I feel like the telecast convinced me that that was one of the hardest chips on the PGA tour because of you think
0: it's nonsense. (laughs) Oh, come on. That was, it was a straightforward chip right up the hill.
3: Brandle convinced me that it. it that it was that he it's laid the, the hardest. Sod
0: one. Over it. Oh, yeah, it was on. terrible. Listen, I mean it, it was It is that Bermuda. Swing.
3: I like that he faced the music. I like that he didn't yep. storm off. I like that he said it hurts and it sucks. I it, you know what? He's got a very intelligent, uh, beautiful wife. He's got a very intelligent, beautiful golf swing. And now if he's learned how to putt, I think Colin Morikawa is gonna be just fine. I I I I I'm gonna
1: uh do a cop out, soaps I'm gonna do. I'm a little glass half empty. I'm a little glass half full. The full part is the only um, future bet that I've made thus far, and there will be more. You know, I'll I'll dabble in the future markets on the in the majors over the next couple of weeks. Was Colin Morikawa to finish first on the PGA earnings list this year at twenty five to one, and it just felt like it's just the price that I was incented to jump in there. By the price because of last year. You know, if if there's there, there were several guys in the 15 to 1 to like seven right. to
3: one class, that's
1: where he would, that's where he was last year. He we committed point, every time we
3: see a guy yeah. who falls below that's 20 right. to 1, we gotta go get him. DJ yeah. coming in the middle. Like, yes. Yeah. Speeth. That's what it is. But here's the thing
1: that I, that concerns me. It it's it's the US Open at, at LACC and the uh, type of bermuda that i think that closely mown bermuda vibe kind of situation i don't Lots want to see those this. shots he's
3: going to hit to a lot this. of those shots at lacc i, I don't want to, to see that he's better. not
0: winning the us open he's not no. winning the us open he's just not Uh, Look, he he could have won the U.S. Open 25 years ago when Jim Furyk and Lee Jansen and guys like that won it every year. And Colin Morikawa is that type of player that just keep it in play and don't do anything too crazy. He's not winning a U.S. Open when guys can hit these massive shots out of the rough. When a Tony Finau is standing in the rough on a buried lie next to Colin Morikawa, guess who's going to get their ball closer to the hole 80% of the time more? It's Finau. Uh, The one thing I will say about Colin, and again, I don't mean for this to be, let's shit all over Colin Morikawa after he blew a lead on Sunday on the back. I love Colin Morikawa. Love everything about him. If you can find a positive from this, it's that if you're going to close out a few events, like a Stone Cold Killer, and you're going to choke away a few others, you might as well close out the major championships and choke away the small field resort course, low pressure tournaments. Like the Hero World Challenge at the end of 2021, and mm. like the Century Tournament of Champions the other day, wh- isn't this a whole lot better than he closes out those two tournaments, but he pisses away the PGA Championship in the Open? Yes. Much better. No, no, no argument
1: whatsoever. I mean that that that's exactly right. Okay, we don't. I don't think we need to spend a bunch of time on John Rom. John Rom did what John Rom does, uh, and you know this this could portend. A year that's more like you know a John Rom kind kind of year. It remains to be seen, but you know he's won now. You know, including the the events in in Europe um, and, and otherwise. You know, three times in like the last five months or whatever. So he he seems kind of f- fine. I'm interested first, Jason Sobel, in your thoughts on um not John Rom, not Kamorkawa, Kawa. Who else? impressed you this week uh to kick off this calendar year 2023 season
0: i'll get to that i'm gonna go back to rom first i'm gonna tell you guys a little story this is right up your alley you guys will like this so i was in this sort of industry uh fantasy wide season-long fantasy draft with uh, Rick Gaiman, who does a lot of sports and, um, my a whole bunch guys hurt
1: in and how did Nate and I not get an invite to this thing? Uh, you, know, you have to yell at, at you at and everybody Gaiman. else. I, I need Gaiman I back on that. the show, I guess Like I need to inv- re- invite Rick Gaiman back on.
0: I was the one guy that couldn't go there. I my flight was canceled to Vegas on Friday. I mean, you talk about FOMO like all these dudes are oh. in Vegas taking limos to shadow and playing golf and at the casino. And I'm sitting here with a sinus infection and a canceled flight. Cool. Thanks. That said, I, I'm telling you the whole story because I had the second pick in the draft and my decision would have been closer between Rory and Rom with the first pick than it was. But on the second pick between Rom and anybody else, it was a no brainer for me, which tells you just how high I am on Rom this year. I think it'd be a five or six win year for John Rom. He is just that good. Yeah. I still think he's, he's almost underrated by the mass site. For whatever reason, whether it's he, quote unquote, only has one major, whether it's, I don't know, because he plays some of his time on the DP World Tour as well. I don't think people quite understand what a generational talent he really is. And I think he's going to prove that pretty soon. Sobel, do you think at the
3: end of last year, he grumbled a little bit as the elevated events and the requirements on particularly the European players time started to be revealed it's not the worst thing in the world that he won the first big elevated event. Is it like, is he still settled into understanding how he makes the Ryder cup team and how he does his things in Europe that he wants? Or, or is there a little bit of, of, you know, disgruntled nature to ROM still.
0: I love the fact that ROM has gotten to a point where he's in degaff mode. It's just, yeah. I, you know what? I'm one of the world's best players. and I don't really care. Like, look, I'm going to be on the Ryder Cup team. I'm going to make it into all the maids. Like, I don't really care, so I'm going to voice my opinion. And some of that opinion is, wait, you're telling me I have to play two tours, but I have to play all these elevated events. I have to do this. Right. I have to do that. That's a lot of have-tos out there. He was also very vocal about the official world golf ranking. And I thought it was ironic that he won this golf tournament and went from fifth to fifth, stayed exactly where he was after winning a big event a designated event against a lot of other good players. Look, I get it's math, but he's absolutely right about that. Um, I'm at the point where we had Davis love on our show two months ago on the radio show, hitting the green. And he made it. We, it was the same day that Rob had come out with his comments about the world ranking when he was playing over in Europe. And we asked Davis about it and he blew my mind. The first thing Davis said was why do we need a world ranking? Who cares? We know who the good players are. We know the players who are just below them. Like, why do we need a rank? Out? Whoa, we've been sitting there arguing for six months about live players should get ranking points. This should happen with the ranking, and that should happen. This should happen. How about we just blow it up and not have one? And we yeah. just go, John Rum? Yeah, I don't know. He might be the second best. He might be the fourth best. Who the hell cares? We don't have to rank him.
3: No, especially when Patrick Canley is ranked ahead of Rom. But I want—I right. do want to hear your thoughts on on who else surprised you this week, because there yeah, there were yes. some very enticing things as we look to the season ahead, weren't there?
0: You know, I love Max Oma. Yeah, uh, everyone loves Max Oma. Max Oma's—he's witty on social media. It seems like the kind of guy you want to go hang out with. I think a lot of people right now, if you said, "Hey, go play eighteen holes with a guy on the PGA Tour," people go, "Man, I want to hang with Max." which wouldn't have been the answer a couple of years ago when nobody knew who he was because he hadn't won. I keep waiting for that sort of reversal of fortune a little bit. Where yeah. I'm like, is he really this good? Do we really think? And he keeps impressing me time I, I and time the baby again.
3: was going to be a problem, but it, it's no. it's only making him stronger.
0: I mean, he played really well. He's a guy that's going to be there again this year. He's just, he is that good. He's gotten into contention like seven times in his career and won six of them. It's a remarkable winning percentage. I still think that at some point, the law of averages, whatever that really means, comes back to bite him a little bit, that you're not going to win every single time you're in contention. And so yeah. he's going to contend and not win. But, man, he he keeps impressing me because he just is. He, he's really, really good. And for whatever reason, it's, my, it's a my, me problem, not a him problem. But for whatever reason, every time I watch him, I think, He's not quite as good as everyone's making him out to be. Everyone wants him to be really good yeah. he's funny and he's nice and he's cool. He's not quite as good as we. Yeah, he is. He really is that good.
3: 63, 66 uh, on the weekend. It does feel like the golf crowd, though, manifested this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but he's, he's a lunatic. I mean, he, uh, you know, the, the little birdies on the ground in, in Arizona that I'm sure you have too will say his social life has changed. His practice routine has changed. He has decided that he is going to maniacally work to be great at golf. And as soon as he got over that mental hurdle, you know, it started not just uh, hearing the press about his story, but actually believing it. and 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 I do think in a weird way you know it was winning it was probably winning in napa a little over a year ago which then he obviously yeah. defended this year that it wasn't even just a win in charlotte it, it was when he got napa that it felt like everything really unlocked
1: well nate you answer the question then you can't both have Homa. who, who caught your eye who impressed you
3: well i i saw i saw a couple of things i mean i liked what i saw out of Scotty Scheffler, only because, listen, he finished T7. The weekend wasn't great, but I felt about Scheffler the way that Sobel felt about Max, which was maybe he just kind of went on a heater, and we knew he was good coming off the Corn Ferry Tour, and the conversations that we always had were, hey, when is Scheffler going to win? Well, he, he he told us that last year. I just... I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to continue it over. No, I, I it sure feels like the game is there. He, he played pretty darn well in the fall. Uh, there was that. I, I think we'd be, we'd be remiss to not just say Tom Kim is the real deal. Okay. I, this this is going to be the talking. guy who and you talked about it last week. Yeah. I, I, we, 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 we pointed him out over the summer as, as the run was coming when he was sort of 30 something, you know, he needed a few place points to get in and make it happen. We saw it. We didn't see this coming. And and for him to show up at Kapalua first-timer and finish T5 to me, I mean, he's the real deal. Sobel, talk to me about this kid. I mean, he certainly is immediately in jeopardy of being the most overhyped golfer on tour. It's just oh, that yeah. he
0: keeps living up to it. He's really good. I Look, again, I am not going to shit on Tom Kim's parade because I love everything about him. Speaking with him, like, I, the fact that he is multilingual and funny and engaging in his second language and he has brought in all these fans. I, I love everything about the kid that yeah. said he's 20 years old. Yeah. Let's I feel chill. like we've, we've seen for a long time. Golf is a lot easier for a 20 year old that doesn't have anything else going on other than golf than it is for a 25 year old with a wife and two kids. And, yeah. and at some point that's going to happen to him for him however you want to put it but yeah. he is going to have other responsibilities in life the one thing that i look at as far as tom kim against other players out there he just doesn't have the distance and so yeah. are you going to be able to compete on every course throughout the year are you going to be able to compete on those 75 7600 yard big ballparks right without the distance and if he finds at some point no i can't Now I've got to go chase that distance. Now I've changed things around. I just wonder if there's a domino effect here that he changes things too much to be able to be competitive on 100% of the courses instead of 85% of them. Again, that's probably me worrying too much about him and him right now just going out and playing golf and having no worries about it. But at some point, he will hit a slump. He will hit the skids a little bit, and he'll start thinking, what do I need to do to get back to – The player that I was. And again, this is all just circumspect and hyperbole for a 20 year old that he probably doesn't deserve our analysis whatsoever. But I can see it happening for him. I, 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 again, if I, if Tom Kim is a stock right now and the stock is soaring, I'm not buying him, trying to catch it on the way up. I'm probably selling right now and hoping that it goes back down a little and then I'll buy again later.
3: Well, speaking of trying to get back to where they were. House, we got to feel good about Will Zalatoris' back after last week. A 65 on Sunday. Yeah. We're happy, right? Super
1: reassuring. Super duper reassuring. Because, you know, that that's a guy that, you know, I watched in, intently. You know, I wanted to catch a lot of how he moved. I wanted to see his comfort level standing on the green over putts. I wanted to see if if there looked like there was any additional tension. I mean, I was micro dissecting you know just the the basic mechanics of of his body because the homie is a flat out stud i want him to crush he was on the precipice last year it was awesome to see i just don't want injury to get in the way of what he can deliver speaking of of young guys that are super charismatic and really get it and have the perfect kind of of understanding of how to um speak to the media and 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 then indirectly speak to us he just he just hits it all i want to follow up on tom kim for just a quick second which is to say um speaking of a guy that could win five times this year i i still i'm i'm invested i i think that stock is going to continue to rise i don't think now is the time to sell so well i think that there's still some some room some value uh in tom kim because the thing that that uh you, you mentioned you know the the length issue uh this ballpark that they just played is it was a is a lengthy ballpark and that's a place for it doesn't for big hitters long. It, I, I, yes no, no. I, for I, sure and all of the 400 yard drives tell us so um, but he was up there with the big hitters is the reason that I thought, you know, this is encouraging. Cause you look at that leaderboard, it's not chumps. It's all it's all guys that that push it out there. Um the the uh other thing with with Kim that came out of this tournament was the relationship with Jordan Speith. And that that's I think that deserves some some um some attention um because it was it was curious hearing from both of them. Speeth's comments about you know sort of what he can deliver to to Tom Kim and the kind of guidance that he provided him it felt like to me with Spieth saying I didn't have this guidance <laughs> and I could have really used it you know how you set a schedule how how you extend yourself how you you know the kinds of things that you do so well did you, did you pick up on that or you agree with me
0: see these things are always interesting I think that on Christmas morning Tom Kim says hey Jordan I'm going to come over I'll you know I'll bring a well. I guess you can't bring a nice bottle of wine. You can't. It's not old enough to buy one. I'll I'll, I'll bring some apple juice over, and uh, we'll enjoy ourselves. And you know, we sit around uh, by the tree, and we say, "Hey, you know what? If you ever need anything, give me a call. Me to help you out. I know how hard it is being a young superstar out here and trying to make your way. And everyone's gotta try to get a piece of you. That all dissipates a little bit when it's Wednesday at Augusta, and Tom walks up to Jordan and says, "Hey, on." The eighth hole, are you trying to hit a cut there? And he's like, "Kid, stay away from me, man. I'm working." And, and so that's all well and good when it's Christmas, we're hanging out and we're opening up presents and we're doing all that kind of stuff. When it's when it comes down to push or shove, when it's a major championship, Jordan Spieth is not reaching out to help this kid. I I, I like the it's fact like Rom that Rom complaining about Tiger uh, giving yeah, Thomas I mean, the tutorial. I mean, yeah, and, and this is it's one of the most overrated things in golf, quite frankly is that, you know, somehow the older generation, and I'm, I'm not that Jordan Spieth's necessarily the older generation, but that guys who have been around can quote-unquote help the younger guys and guide them along. And that, you know, it's it's a nice narrative. There'll be a nice game story at some point. If Tom Kim wins the Masters this year, all these colleagues of mine are going to write these stories about how Jordan Spieth's spirit helped lift him to this victory atop the lead. And it's like, oh man, Jordan's like, yeah, bro, don't go left over there. All right, thanks, man. And he goes and plays his golf. Like, it, it's not because of Jordan Spieth, just as Jordan Spieth didn't win the Masters once because Ben Crenshaw said, well, you don't want to, like, underread these putts. You know, you want to just drop them into the... Okay, cool, thanks, Ben. Didn't hit all the putts for him. He did it himself. And I think we tend to overrate this stuff in this game. Well,
3: okay. uh, are, are 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 there any... Anybody that we overrated coming into this tournament, coming out of it. I mean, I, any disappointments for you? Are we disappointed in Saha's first go-round? Are we worried about Xander's back? Sam Burns was kind of meh. Any,
0: any takeaways from those this week that we should be thinking about? I've got disappointment. It was the guy that I picked to win last week who finished, like, 24th place. Justin Thomas, what are you doing?
3: Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I,
0: I finished top five there every single year. He's won twice. I watched him play at the PNC championship here in Orlando about a month Mm -hmm. ago. I get it. he's playing with his dad. It's a hit and giggle. He had the major championship JT look on his face. He was not kidding around. He was going out there trying to win that thing. I figured, all right, he's locked in. He's played competitive golf more recently than just about anybody else plays this golf course. Well, it's all sort of lining up for JT to have a great week. And he goes out there and just made mistake after mistake. I don't, Look, I, I'm not going to extrapolate anything from JT's week and say, okay, he's going to have a bad year. I think it's going to be a really good year for him. That was very, very disappointing. For JT. Yeah, my,
1: my answer is is Xander in the first place because that's another guy who plays this golf course extremely well. And his comments about being kind of mystified by, by the injury and the, the news reports um, this week are about him going and getting an MRI because he can't really pinpoint uh, what what's going on, and him you know uh, sort of you know comically re- regretting getting himself in shape and doing all this kind of stuff to to be ready for um, this upcoming calendar year season and maybe you know unintentionally hurt himself as a result of that. That's the Bryson awesome. phenomenon. Yeah. I hope it's not true. Well, Bryson is like the extreme of that, um, but. Uh, I, can somebody tell me does Patrick cantley have a pulse is he is he you know you gonna what, what what tournaments should I expect him him to show up at you know the number whatever player in the world and showed up in a Four. lot of the uh I know he's top five the the you know showed up in a lot of the literature coming into this week Oh, look out for cantley he plays well and he's in form from the fall I just you know i i I just wonder if if uh there's any Way of of guessing what tournaments he's going to show up and and actually I act like he gives a shit. Uh, any insight into that, Soaps?
0: He's probably going to win next week. After you said this,
1: there we We're go. Going to play the
0: American Express, which is very very strange. I don't know why all these great players are going out there when it's not I, a it's designated a event. Very interesting, isn't it? it? I I got a theory, Nate. I don't like I, the theory. I don't want to say the theory, but I got a theory. Okay, I want to hear it. If a bunch of players are going to leave for live. There's no point in them leaving for live without playing a whole bunch of events, getting the world ranking points, getting the money before they leave for live. Why don't you load up playing as many PGA Tour events as you can and then go over there afterwards? Just saying, not not saying Cantley, not saying anybody else, just saying, I don't know, doesn't that seem to make sense?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping you were going to give me the commish conspiracy theory, which is that it appears now that when you look at that fine print of what the top players have to do, there's definitely wheeling and dealing. There's some like shadow draft going on right now amongst these players about who has to show up at some of these tournaments because they're trying to distribute the star power evenly across the tournaments where they definitely have a problem with the sponsor. And this is one of them, right? This, you know, you know, who used to be the host of this tournament, Philly Mickelson, he's gone. And so they've had trouble, as you know, getting people out because it is it's it's one step above a hit and giggle out there. I mean, the La Quinta course is a clown show, but we'll talk about that next week. Anyway, the point is, I wonder if Patrick Cantlay didn't say, you know what, it's in California. I'd like to, you know, take another week off somewhere else. And uh, sure, I'll show up.
0: Yeah, possibly. And look, for the guys, I mean, certainly guys, I don't know if he's on the list playing the Saudi International. Well, you're going to beg, borrow and deal to go play there they're going to make you play somewhere else that's as well. Right.
3: There are that's things right. like
0: that. But again, my theory is just at, that's what would happen. If, got, if a guy is going to leave for live and start playing there in February, why would you not play as much as you can on the PJ? Why can't he beforehand?
3: shake this? Why can't he shake this? It, 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 we've I'm been talking about him going I'm... to live for a while. But, but really, I mean, you, you talk about this stuff. You talk to the players. He's been pretty frank. I mean, we got pissed off at Brooks because he bullshitted us. He lied right. to us. Right. We got pissed off at a bunch of other players because they bullshitted us. Cantley yep. has not lied. Cantley's at least been like, look, I, I don't, I'm I here, but I'm listening. Is, is he saying more than that, or, or are we just giving him a hard time for, for being honest?
0: Yeah, probably. I, I think you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't at this point. I had him on the radio show. He actually sat right across from me at the Travelers Championship. Uh, what about six months ago when all this mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff was going down? I I asked him, yeah, point blank, hey, are you thinking about live? Is it a decision you're trying to make? What, what's going through your mind? And he looked me in the eye and said, you know, it's a really interesting opportunity. And so I'm thinking about it right now and I'm kind of weighing my options. And we're gonna say, I mean, this was not a no, but it wasn't even like a, ah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It was like a like, yes, a very, very open, honest, yes, I'm thinking about it.
3: It, it well, sure feels to me, and House, we've covered this, and we don't need to talk about this too much, but a Patrick Cantlay ain't saving live right now. There's a lot that could
1: impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EB. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.
2: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. It's winter and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See up for details.
1: Let, let's go right to this then, because this is the perfect segue into uh, the Monahan Press Conference, which he gave, uh, you know, Kapalua on, on Sunday, the first time, you know, he's done a sort of full State of the Union since the Tour Championship. And, you know, he hit on a, a variety of themes. The the predominant theme was, you know, the, this live impact. And what he said was, you know, he sizes up as product versus product. And I, you know, I, Monahan, Jay Monahan and everybody at the tour still think that our product beats that live product because a cut matters and the nature of the competition matters and legacy matters. Um, and that's really, I, I, I think out of the entire, you know, interview that he gave. That's the thing that that kind of stuck with me because it it squares Nate with what we were kind of talking about last week. It's put up or shut up time for live. Is it an interesting entertainment product? Is it something that if it ever finds its way onto television, I want to turn on a TV and watch? We're we're at that moment right now, so it might be a tough choice for somebody like Patrick Cantlay whether or not to take a couple hundred million bucks and and you know map out how that affects his life. But from the perspective of Competing in a game that's going to be on television that people watch and, you know, um, being part of a product that that is compelling to the sporting
3: public. I, I, I mean, this is the, the moment that we're at. Why would you pay Cantley a couple hundred million bucks right now? It didn't work with guys who were more sort of you know, popular higher Q score than him. Why would you do that right now? Well, we, you we, step can't back? Say,
1: we can't say it didn't work. We don't know whether or not it worked. They, it the, has the, not the driven. I've, I,
3: I've seen the YouTube video counts, man. <laughs> it hasn't worked so far, but you know, what if they get a linear TV deal? What are we missing? subs?
0: Okay. So first of all, again, I, everything, every time you talk live, you have to remember the number one rule about live, which is live is about profit. It's not about bringing in more fans. It's not about how can we create a tour? It's about disruption. And so if it costs 200 million to bring in a player, that's really going to piss off the PGA tour. If you steal them away, you're disrupting things. That's exactly what they're trying to do. That's number one on the priority list. As far as what Monahan had to say, house, I completely agree with you because I've been saying the same thing. I got buddies at my club come up to me all the time. So is the 2 We're going to finally talk to live. Are they going to get together on this thing? I go, what do you mean? Like, that's not a thing. That's not anything that's going to happen. They go, well, why wouldn't they talk to each other? I go, and what come up with a super tour where all the best players play together. That looks essentially like what the PGA tour did for the last 50 years. That's it. Like there's, there's the PGA tour over here. There's live over here. They both contest golf tournaments. Other than that, they're not really very alike. They're not going to talk. I know that both tiger and Rory said, we're not going to speak with live. As long as Greg Norman is in charge of their operation, that does not mean that if Greg Norman isn't in charge, we will speak with Liv. So, I mean, uh, who the hell else would they talk
3: to at this point? Matt Goodman, who was president of franchises, is the most recent uh, departure. The COO at Costa left in December. Wh- who the
0: hell's running the the ship over there? I, I can I can sort of tell. I Greg Norman has had assistant is probably not the right way to characterize her, but uh, this woman, Jane, who's been sort of his right-hand person for years and years that goes on trips with Greg to like, you know, hey, he's doing a course design and she's set up all the PR. Gotten a sense for a long time that she's essentially running Lit, that, that she is a main cog behind what is going on. Greg, Greg is not sitting there for 12 hours a day behind a desk going over paperwork and calling sponsors and, you know, trying to get play. He's just not doing that. He's 60 something years old. He's got a bazillion dollars. He's just not doing that. Greg is very well figurehead than anything else. I look, I, I don't know. I that's, that's (laughs) something you might have more insight on than I do. I don't know.
3: I just see the pictures, but it does. It does. If we were talking about a company, any other company, if this was Facebook and these executives were leaving, at a moment in time when there was a major product launch, you would say something is terribly wrong and you'd yep. say, what's going on at the board? Are they getting ready to fire the CEO? You know, Or have a bunch of people looked under the covers and seen something ugly? There's been a remarkable lack of transparency about what's happening here for these two very, very high profile executives who, by all accounts, were some of the adults in the room uh, for them to leave. It, something's going on.
1: Well couldn't that yeah, something right. be the the lack of traction in this in the first 8 months? I mean you made you made the point they um are only garnering in the tens of thousands if they're lucky of of YouTube views. The concept of of the monetizing these franchises is dead in the water if nobody's watching and if we're if there's they're still having a hard time getting a linear TV arrangement for the American viewing public. If that continues to be a challenge or whatever now seems as good a time as any to, to jump ship. I'm just surprised that the contracts that the Saudis put in place with these guys, um, let them walk away. That, that, that's the bigger thing to me.
0: So you guys probably know more about this stuff than I do, but I would think that an executive of essentially what is a startup company They don't necessarily leave because it's, hey, we haven't made as much progress as I've wanted us to make. They're leaving because they don't see that progress coming in the next year or two. Because, hey, everything I jumped in with both feet for is not necessarily happening and I don't see it happening anytime soon. That's why someone would leave a young, struggling company, whatever that company is, like you said, Nate, could be a Facebook, could be anyone else. They're making a product launch and you say, okay, well, why are they leaving? When you look into it, They don't it's not, want the personal brand damage, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's, well, we didn't get a TV deal, so I'm mad and I'm going to leave. I don't know. You, you don't leave good jobs for, for those reasons, because it's like, well, I, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like you leave because you don't see a future at your current employment. That's why you leave jobs.
3: So, but let me ask you something, and I know this is a little bit speculative, but I, I do think- underneath the surface here that there's, there's something deeply wrong. Is there any path right now if Bryson Deshambo, who's, you know, Sway House in Dallas, all his buddies are like, our engagement it's dropping off. No one's liking our stuff. No one's watching our story. Uh, if he were to privately reach out to Monaghan and say, can I come back? Is there any path for that? Because I think there's a decent chance that By the end of this year, somebody over there says, this was terrible for me. I've taken some money, but
0: I want to come back. Is there any way? I actually think the PGA Tour might do it now. I think last year, if it had happened within a three-month period, someone leaves for live, a Taylor Gucci who almost accidentally left for live and then wasn't allowed to come back. They said, hey, look, I really want to come back to the PGA Tour. This isn't what I want to do. I don't think it was going to happen last year. There was too much bad blood between no the two sectors. Now, I think it would do the PGA Tour a whole lot of good to say, of course, we will embrace you. We'll open our arms and bring you back into the fold because we want to showcase the best of the best. You are a great golfer. We would love to have you come back, of course. Come back to us. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. I don't see what the uh, – what what's the detriment, what's the negative to – Having a guy come back. Why do you want to push someone away that wants to come back and play your tour? Now they might tell them you're not going back to the other place. You tried it, you didn't like it, you came back to us. You're not going back and forth. You're not playing both sides. But would you like to come back and play full time? Why not? I, I don't see why. A- can we
3: get FanDuel to make, make us a that. prop bet on this? <laughs> do you think now we let what would the terms be? Do you think in twenty
1: calendar year 2023? There will be somebody currently competing on the Live Tour that that makes an effort to try and return to the PGA Tour. Is that the prop that we're discussing here? Yeah, that's That's it. That's the proposition? Okay. I mean, sure. Like We we came up with two props for them to write us last week. I already forgot what they were. But there's no reason we can't add this in as well.
3: (laughs) Okay, fantastic.
1: Um, We're talking about the uh, presentation. Uh, uh, of the game uh one very interesting story came out the sports business journal um Josh Carpenter had a bit about the tour and its broadcast partners it feels like overdue to me but finally sitting down and thinking about some modern innovation to the way that the uh game is presented on television um you know the uninterrupted final hour the uh sponsored uh the, the Callaway the Paradigm Top my head right now. Um, Is yeah. uh, What was the sponsor for the final hour of the Century Tournament Champions? And you know what? It was effing good because that hour captured Colin Morikawa falling apart and John Rahm with his his foot on the pedal all the way down to the floor. And I think golf is unique in this way. The drama unfolds so slowly. Not having any interruption, it 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 creates the palpable tension. It's different than than other sports because of how slowly it sort of occurs over time. I could not have enjoyed it more. Um, so, well, what do you think about Carpenter's story, and what do you think about these ideas that the
0: the tour and the broadcast partners are going to
1: finally adopt to improve the TV experience for us?
0: So, I have long held this theory. I've probably espoused this theory on the pod with you guys. On numerous occasions in the past, but I will do so again right now. The problem with certain aspects of golf and TV is probably at the top of this list. The problem with the fact that they never change is that golf never ends. And so, what happens is we start January first, and we have golf that week, and we play through the end of the season. Then there's a rider or a Presidents Cup, and then the next season starts up. And then there's the silly season, and then there's some other and. Essentially, Golf Channel has a week off at the end of the year where they go dark, like no one even goes into the office, and then they open up and there's a tournament again. And so the reason why there's no innovation, there's no creation, there's no change to the production value, is because there's never any time to think about it. The NFL, I guarantee that a month from now, two months from now, after the Super Bowl is ended, that executives and producers and directors from all of the networks which carry NFL football will sit around and start talking about, hey, how can we change the yellow first downline to maybe something that looks a little bit better? How can we change our graphics here? How can we change the way we go to commercial and have more people that don't leave when we're going to commercial? What can we do to innovate? And they will then have six months to figure out how to innovate, how to do things differently, Mm. how to improve upon the product for the next season. And they will do some of those things. And maybe it's a gradual type of thing, but it takes a while For those things to come about in golf, it never, ever happens because what are you going to do? Sit around and say, hey, what do you guys want to do about next year? I don't know, man. We got a tournament tomorrow. We've got to work on that. We don't have time to think about next year. Interesting. There
3: also has seemed to be a little bit of push into some non-traditional media. Now, you being the Ryan Seacrest of golf. Have your hands in all sorts of things, some of which are more tour affiliated, some of which are more sort of out on the on the outer edges. You know, we saw the no laying up content, for example. I think that's probably what happened to Thomas, by the way. Is he 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 hit that great he used shot out all of the ball is mojo yeah, on, on that stuff. But are these things like, is it a concerted effort? Am I over attributing strategy to what we're seeing? And, and does it represent a real change or was this just the tour being like, Hey, we're going to grant a little more access to, to some non-traditional media because maybe TV isn't actually where our, our, you know, the growth of the game is going to come from.
0: It's also three or four years behind what it should be. Yeah. I I mean, As as always, this is. Yes, this should have been done in 2017, 2018, and now they should be moving on to other things. I mean, it's they're just always going to be a little bit behind in what they're doing. The PGA Tour loves control. Look, I I'm a fan of the PGA Tour. I have I like a lot of the people that run the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour. This is this gets down to where all the issues with Live are. They want control. They want to control every little piece of their yeah. product. Their players, their tournaments, everything about it. And if they can't control it, well, they don't want to do it. And so all of a sudden, they're starting to look at other ways. Where, hey, okay, it's out of our hands. We're going to let a no laying up be with our players. Okay, we think it's okay. It's we're not in control really, but okay, we'll see how it goes. And they're very slowly, very gradually letting in some outer influences. I think it's going to improve. It's going to improve very, very slowly. Uh, people expect. Uh, whether it's the tour itself, the rights holders, anybody else, snap their fingers and, oh, by the way, the product looks way better. It, it doesn't happen that way. And oh, by the way, I would not underrate the fact that No Laying Up signs a deal with the tour. They have Justin Thomas and Jordan feet. They do a lot of fun things from Kapalua. And then on the weekend at Kapalua, if you go on No Laying Up's Twitter feed, all they're doing, they've bitched about TV for the last 10 years. They go, man, the product looks so good this week. They're doing a great job. <laughs> really, do you guys get paid to say that? Indirectly, mm,
3: mm, 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 mm. Uh, it did look I, good. Let's be
0: honest. It, House, I, 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 I agree. Disagree. I
1: agree. I don't disagree. And, and what I, what I, what, one thing I will say though, uh, and the, we've said this on this pod a number of times. I feel like no professional sports business is more disrespectful of what makes its product good than the tour, and it goes to your control point. I can't, I still, maybe you can explain it to me. You can help me understand soaps. Th- them st- sending a cease and desist to Kyle Porter to tell him to take down the video that he um, had captured, you know, from the broadcast of the guys standing adjacent to the green on Thursday while Jordan Spieth makes a putt. And those guys speaking a little bit too loudly in terms of their own wagering on whether or not Spieth was going to make that putt a wonderful organic moment. Jordan Spieth goes over to those guys and says, yo,
3: in like, the most gentlemanly get, way possible. I
1: get where you're coming from, but yeah, can you tone it down? Like, the whole thing was a very cool moment that deserved to be broadcast. Porter, as a significant influencer in this space, um, broadcast it. I only saw it because Porter pushed it out, and yet the, the tour sends a cease and desist to Porter. Hey, you know what's good? The people who are fans of your sport amplifying it, and sharing it among the community.
0: What possible interest could they have in shutting that down, Jason Sobel? It's control. I go back to the same thing. They want control over everything. Now, if someone, believe, trust me, if someone from the PGA Tour had seen that, I don't know they just disliked the video. I They may have sent it out for the PGA Tour platform and said, hey, funny little exchange, and oh, by the way, go to bet to place your bets live, on PGA Tour golfers, right. it wasn't necessarily the content; it was where the content was coming from. It wasn't from their platform, and so they didn't like it. I again, because yeah, well, that don't have, I, I, there must I, I can't tell you how many times over the years I've been over this. Usually, now what I'm surprised by is that Porter wasn't there and didn't shoot that live that he shot off his TV. Because I've been over this with the tour before, where I've shot something, I've shot some video or taken a picture where I was on site. And they go, no, you can't do that on site. You got to take it down. Well, what if I didn't come to the tournament and I shot it on my TV? Well, that's fine. He said, what if I bought a ticket and didn't have a credential? Well, yeah, that would be okay. But you're a credentialed member of the media, so you can't do this, this, and this. And I always go, you understand how asinine this is, how ridiculous it is, that if I didn't have a credential, I could buy a ticket and do something that I can't do with a credential. Or if I sat at home I could do so. I could do live, play-by-play from home, but I can't say that Rory McElroy just hit a six iron to three feet because that's live play-by-play, and you're not allowed to do that when you're on site. It, it's completely asinine. They've gotten away from most of that. I haven't heard of a yeah. lot about it in recent years, but that was just I, I didn't like that. I saw that: as Look,
3: well. From a 30,000-foot view. We've seen a little bit of progress, right? I think they heard some of the complaints about the app. I know that there's a product team there that's trying to work to 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 make it better. Congrats! It's only 2023. Yeah, I mean, let I we'll see about how uh, the the speed of it holds up. But hey, there's at least an acknowledgement that they wanted to do better, and I know they're working on that. They have, they have turned some. Yeah, hey. Uh, our, our, our boy Justin Ray is writing for the PGA Tour. They've reached out and instead of Smart. stealing his stats and putting them on the fucking telecast without <laughs> crediting him, they're at least bringing him in as a writer. Okay, so Justin Ray's getting paid. You know, the no laying up guys, at least they've brought in a different voice that—so uh, let's hold him accountable for, for continuing to be critics— but at least they've said, hey, there's another form of media that we need to bring in there. The 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 people who are running the social accounts are doing a better job now. Uh, I mean, it feels like they're not 65 years old now. There's still a whole lot of progress to make. And this may be, you know, some some lipstick on the proverbial pig, but. Uh, it does feel like they've at least taken it to heart and are making some progress. I just think now, now they got to keep their ears open to, to actually have it be an authentic part and a sort of a native digital presentation of the product, which is something that, to your point, Sobel, they've just fought for so long.
0: One of the things I've found in that, speaking with people at the Badavidra Beach offices and knowing people and knowing how things work, is that there's a big push and pull between those who have been there for 25 years and have a mindset of well this is how we've always done it this is how it's always been and then bringing new people new voices who say hey what if we try this and the old voices versus the new voices and trying to find a balance between them i know that even when and we don't have a partnership with the action network with the tour anymore we did for the last couple of years and we tried talking to them about hey some gambling content doing some things promoting stuff and they'd say yeah, we're still not really in on this gambling stuff. We're we're not really sure where we stand. And my answer is, what do you mean you're not sure? You have a partnership with us, with the Action Network. You have five official betting operators. You're building a goddamn sports book at TPC Scottsdale. What do you mean you're not sure where you stand on gambling? Like I'm pretty sure I know where you stand on gambling, but this is coming from people who've been there for a long time and who are reluctant to that change and who aren't really sure that their decision is going to be the right decision. There's a lot of sort of mid-managers there who Don't are get like, fired. well, I, I'm not sure if my boss is going to like it if I sign off on this, so let me just play the status quo and hope that nothing happens and I keep getting paid. That's that's a lot of what's going on. They're trying to make changes. Some people there are amenable to changes. Some people aren't. There's a lot of push and pull. Well, it did make them vulnerable to
1: this live incursion. Now, there wasn't really anything that they could have done to ward that off entirely because um the saudis are an irrational actor in this space but uh by hook or by crook we are getting incremental progress we're getting a lot more drone the drone use uh from the broadcast was spectacular because of the way we could track the ball and watch it roll around there was a couple shots where the ball just kept rolling and rolling and rolling it was just uh really unbelievable um and then, you know, we've moved the CEO interviews. Those are on Saturday now. We don't have to watch those during the Sunday God, they suck. competition. They, they're the worst. So it's just so stupid. So stupid. Of course. Imagine any other sport like bringing in like the, you know, oh, here's our the, it's NBA. It's the, the it's the Warriors and the Celtics on Saturday night. Let's get um, doofus from Oracle to come sit with us for two minutes and tell us because we're at the Oracle Arena in, 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 you know, the San Francisco area. So it's so stupid. Anyway. We have a golf tournament. It's the first full field tournament of the season, right, staring us in the face, boys. Uh, I know, Soaps. You've been all all over this. It is the Sony Open at Wileye Country Club. Um, different kind of golf altogether, which I I, I um, really admire. And you and a, a couple other folks have pointed out there that there is an advantage for the folks coming over from the tournament of champions. So I'm going to give you the floor and let you um, explain some of what you found, some of the data that you've been sharing um, in the run-up to the Sony here.
0: House. It's a big, big trend week for me. This might be my favorite trend week. There is, I've got three of them for you. First of all, you're right. Players who have come over from Maui and played on Oahu for the Sony open over the last six years, it includes just 15.9% of the players in the Sony field. And yet, Five of the last six winners, 39% of the players in the top 10, 73% of those players who've gone one week to the next have made the cut. And so, what it tells you is an ability yes, okay, sometimes they're the better players. So, yes, they've won tournaments, they've qualified for uh, Kapalua. So, that makes sense. But getting a chance to shake off the cobwebs, play four rounds, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Plus, you've kind of got the whole Hawaiian thing out of the way. You want to go paddle boarding in the ocean. You want to go have a Mai Tai. Like the whole novelty of being in Hawaii is worn off after the first week. Now it's let's get down to business. Whereas some of the other players are like, hey, cool, we're in paradise. And, you know, I'll kind of enjoy myself a little bit. The second trend of the players who have finished, there are 70 players who have finished top 20 in ties over the last three years. 69 of them have been positive Strokes gain T to green. You cannot fake your way around while if you've got a little rust on the driver and the irons going into this week, you are not going to be in contention. You're not even going to be close to it. And the last one, I know we all want to fire these fun bets, these lottery tickets. So-and-so is 200 to one. Hey, we haven't a chance to fire on a full field event in two months. This feels like a great opportunity, man. I can kind of stretch my wings a little bit and I want to fire on these big ones. No player bigger than sixty to one has won the Sony Open in the last six years, so mm. there's a little sweet spot there in the forty to sixty to one range. But if you're looking for a guy who's a big triple-digit number, it hasn't happened here in a
1: while. All right, well let's start uh, naming names. Nate, have you circled anybody? I know you've already read everything that Sobel had to write. Yeah. Have you circled any 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 names uh, that that the the Venn diagram of these trends? There's like
3: you know there's ten names or so. To pop out i think okay well you got 10 i mean i want to hear it i for me i'm looking i i take sobel at his word on this stuff as you know i basically just parrot back anything that he says and if he says that the trend and week to week matters guys who played last week matter i, I look at jj spawn who finished oh. t5 last week it, to, to to top 20
0: he's <laughs> plus 160 he's got a terrible record here i know four or five times he's yeah.
3: playing great well, that's why his odds point, are where
0: they are
1: number one in untucked shirts on, on, on tour number one jj spawn
0: the untucked I, shirt okay. look. i think I, everybody I hates Uh-oh. him for this sobel's reason. mad sobel's know, mad look at he's got his hands I, up i admit how stupid is our sport that a, <laughs> there's a controversy in the fact that the guy untucked his shirt on a saturday afternoon in hawaii I mean, give me a break. This like when when people got all bent out of shape about hoodies a couple of years ago. Can we get over this old school mentality of stupid shit in golf that everyone J-J's gets? JJ's gonna
3: stuff about? it up everybody's ass this week and play decently well to top twenty. Given the sort of paltry nature of the field, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Given that he was T five last week.
1: So, sure. but I really, 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 really wanted to play Tom Hoagie this week. No! Um, no! I did you see I, that
3: game last night? I did. This is
1: the problem. This It just it ruined it. it I mean, the poor guy, TCU alum Tom Hoagie, who finished top five last week and, and quietly, you know, finished inside the top ten at the tour championship and quietly has been one of the best ball strikers on tour through all of the 2022 season, the fall wraparound, and coming right in. The mother effort is hot once again, Homie took a plane from Hawaii to L.A. to catch his poor horn frogs get impaled on, on the steak. It was frog
3: legs barbecue uh, it, from the first quarter. It, 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 uh, on top of that, insult to injury because I was their house. It was raining inside the stadium. The stadium has a roof. So all these poor TCU fans had to get out. And getting out of that stadium is a nightmare. anybody who went to a car who didn't go immediately into a van under the stadium of which only the team did got drenched. I look like I jumped in a swimming pool. So Hoagie went, what did he do? We he went, he, we think he flew commercial, right? Oh, I hope not. I, oh, I you, assume so. Yeah. He's not flying. commercial. From, he's not flying yeah, private till
1: Tom Hoagie private. doesn't have PJ money.
3: He doesn't I, have, he flies private, private to, to Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, That's really? a no. five and a half hour PJ flight. Okay, you know better than me. So, Couldn't borrow I'm, some hours. I'm telling you, he was wearing purple pants that were dark purple <laughs> by the time he got on the plane because of all the rain. It was not a good experience. There's right, no cooked. way he's happy.
1: He's
0: cooked. Poor Tom Hoagy. He's, he was my guy. I'm crossing him off. He's also going to have eight UGA guys in the field this week who are going to give him shit every single him. time they see him. Yes. Go Dawgs. Well, then tell Damn me why. Dogs.
1: Speaking of a dog uh, that I do like this week, tell me why why I shouldn't bet on Brian Harmon to win this golf tournament.
0: He's just been so average here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, here. I like Brian Harmon. He makes the cut. Yeah. He makes the cut every time, nearly every time. He, he makes the cut every time. I, Brian Harmon is one of these guys that, like, I, I feel like I said this about Russell Henley for the last two years. And he finally got through with that win at Mayakoba. Mm. There are very few players whose. Performance has outclassed their results, like Brian Harmon over the last year or two. What I mean by that, he's he's due for positive regression, which is a phrase they use in the analytics game and that I think is just like a um oxymoron that doesn't really make sense. But I get it. It's like the pitcher in baseball who's eight and 17 with a 272 ERA. And you're like, he actually had a really good year. He just lost every game two to one. Brian Harmon is due that's, for some better results. That's
1: called a, a, a Degrom, by the way. Mets fans know yeah, what well, I'm talking about. That's called a, a Degrom.
0: I, 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 get it. I know. <laughs> um, I he's due for some. I just I don't know. Like at some point you're like you look at if you would only played here three times, you're like ah the results are okay, sure. At some point you're looking he's played 18 times or whatever it is. It's like ah the results are always eh. It's just it's not going right. to happen. I, all
1: right that that's fine well give us i i, I know you, your leans because i've read the article the action network golf bet you gotta subscribe and read this if you have any serious intention whatsoever of trying to make money uh in the golf space either gambling or in the dfs community um share with us a couple of of, of your thoughts around guys that you're anticipating success from this week
0: Corey connor's my guy this week um, looking at all those trends I mentioned earlier, played not only played last week, played really well, and played really well in the final round. I like looking at final round ball striking numbers the previous week for the guys who are going back to back, and his final round numbers looked really good. This guy who has three straight top 12 finishes at wildlife, so the course likes him as much as he likes the golf course. And he's just sort of do. Again, it's one of these guys where would it surprise you if Corey Connors got a second PGA tour victory? Absolutely not. He's probably uh, good enough to have had two or three already at this point. So I like him. I don't love the number. The number looks like it's coming down Mm -hmm. from 25, 26 to one to 20 or 22 right now. So I don't love the number. Give you a couple other names. Uh, Cam Davis, who I actually don't love at this golf course. This shows you how much I love Cam Davis. I don't love the course fit. And yet I'm still playing him this week because he's just that damn good. He's going to have a great season. I'm not sure people quite realize how good Cameron Davis is just yet. Kurt Kitayama is really, really good. Four top three finishes last year. If you bet the guy outright, you don't really care if he finishes in second or if he misses the cut. It doesn't really matter at some point. I guess you can hedge off second place a little bit, depending on the circumstance, but, I want a guy that has that high ceiling. He has that high ceiling, 55 to 1. I think it's a really nice number. And then my favorite bet, and this goes to the, the diehards out there who are betting on some more conservative plays. Mav McNeely yeah. is this generation's Charles Howell III. He's top 20 play. It's your printing money. He will finish inside the top 20 almost every single time, especially even though he's a long hitter. He plays his best golf on shorter golf courses like this one. He's plus
3: 160 to top 20 that that I'm looking at. So that
0: plus odds,
1: let's jump in there. That's a fairway roll and strong endorsement right there. Nate, any other names uh, catch your fancy this week? I
3: I, I am not undercutting anything that Jason Sobel has to say. When Sobel comes on, we listen, we act, we do what he
1: says. There we go. That's it. That's a good life rule. It's a great way to start off this 2023 calendar season. Jason Sobel. Thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure helping us do some stage setting. You are on uh, the Sirius XM PGA Tour radio. What are the shows uh, as we go into the, to the year?
0: Hitting the green Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and on special weeks like this week, Thursday and Friday as well. So uh, with my man, Michael Collins, and I got a bunch of stuff on the Action Network. We'll do the gimme every Wednesday, which is a uh, live Betting advice show that uh, I'll do throughout the entire year. So some fun stuff coming up. Yeah, who are you doing that one with? Who are you doing the gimme with? Ro- Roberto Arguello. Okay. PJ Tour Live. Yeah. Sure, when am I, when am
3: I seeing you at a tournament? When are you getting out? The Florida Swing. You're not coming, Phoenix. West? Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix. Phoenix. Beautiful. There you go. Okay. I won't be there, but you guys, the fairway rolling. Uh, you I'm you know not going either. You know, I'm coming for that. I can't miss that. I, Super Bowl week. It's the best golf tournament, sneaky, best golf tournament on tour. We're going to be
0: the the toughest ticket in town. I encourage everyone listening right now, even if you're not going to Phoenix, just think about the idea for a second, go on your app, your Marriott app, your Hilton app or whatever it is. And just check out hotels in Phoenix right now for that week (laughs) and then decide not to go.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Unless you have a tent, it's, there's no place to stay in Phoenix. (laughs) Oh, You're not going to do any better than that. Thanks,
1: fellas. All right, there we go, my birdie buddies. Big, big thanks to Sobes Jason Sobel from the Action Network and SiriusXM, PGA Tour Radio. As always, my thanks to Nathan Hubbard. My thanks to Isaiah Blakely for producing this joint. We're back. We're just rolling. We're just doing tournaments. We're trying to give out some winners. We did say John Ron last week. You didn't have to, you know, listen at the beginning of the tournament. You could have live bet as the tournament went on, made a little bit of, scratch we're going to keep trying to do good by all of you my eagle enthusiasts all season long we're back next week in the meantime if you're able to play a little bit of golf whether it's your simulator or out on the golf course because you're somewhere where it's warm please let's hit them straight out there